the Everything Rad podcast with your host, Ricky Garvey. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. I know it's been uh, quite a long time. I've had quite the interesting summer. Um, lost a job, gained a job, tried to write some new Castle Pines tunes. It's been pretty busy, but uh, it's good to be back. And I wouldn't have it with any other guest. Uh, today's show has a uh, longtime friend of mine named Josh Bandy. We've been in bands together from Elevator Union to the most recent project called Little Climbers. Um, known Josh for over a decade, so it was cool to kind of get back in the saddle with him and uh, get in the group of things. And I hadn't seen him in about six, seven months, so it was cool to, to catch up and see where he's at and what he's up to. So um, no real news on my end. I know I mentioned last time that uh, I was going to be attempting to release an ambient project this summer, but wow, did summer come and go. So um, there are a couple tunes in the works, doing some recordings, so as that comes out, I will notify you uh, as usual. Um, if you want more information, check out RookieGarvey.com. Follow me on Twitter, at RookieGarvey. And if you like the show, go ahead and uh, leave a review if you'd like. And um, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right into it. This is, uh, this is Josh Bandy. I'm going to keep talking loud, man. No, I... Just in I general. I have no problem doing that. <laughs> just in general. Yeah. Not just for the podcast, but in life. You just yeah, talk Unfortunately, I am tagged as that. In my own family, I, I am dwarfed by my um, uh, by those around me, but everywhere else, they, they look at me as a freak for speaking this loudly. So what are you going to do? Do they get like super uncomfortable all the time? Just like, oh, there's, there goes Josh again. No, <laughs> it's it's not uncomfortable. It's just like I'm the butt of the joke. Like the... Uh, Oh yeah, this guy. No one can be as loud as this freak over here. And I'm like, hey, come to a family party sometime. You'll see what I'm dealing with and what I'm working with. Why I am the way I am. You know? I feel like I'm the opposite though. Like I, I always get shit for mumbling all the time. No, that's true. You are a mumbler. I am a mumbler, yeah. which yeah. is perfect to host your own podcast. Like, just it's, it's criteria you need. Just constant reminder, like during the recording, like, all right, Rick, it's time to speak clear. But. And then, of course, to, uh, to you know, to help with that, we, we got whiskey, whiskey waters for the day. Well, it's better than water. It's passion fruit, grapefruit, tangerine, Lacroix. I'm I'm a Lacroix boy. Lacroix. Oh, that's good. Is that how you say that? I think so. We're gonna yeah. learn something because I ha- I don't know. I, I used to. Call I would say Lacroix, like lacrosse. No, I just made that up right now. Just right this second. Okay, yeah, <laughs> you're you're making me doubt myself. But uh, anyways, good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in uh, God, I feel like four or five, six months. It happens. It happens. Yeah, it gets longer and longer. You know these uh, adult things you got to do. Adulting sucks, dude. Yeah, total adulting. How do you uh, how do you deal with adulting? I I try as to be, as your wife texts oh, you. Oh come on, man! <laughs> I was trying to play it off like I didn't do that because I oh Jesus so somehow between going on like silent mode um, it w- went on the highest mode possible so it was the exact opposite effect of what you I wanted would, yeah <laughs> I apologize for that so um, where were we at so I mean just how have you been since I saw you in February of this year <laughs> Earlier this I year. have been good. I have been good. I barely survived. 
I am uh, currently going to school to become a high school English teacher. Nice, so, nice. Um, I'm sorry for all of those that are going to be underneath my care, but um, so I was trapped in schoolwork doing all that stuff, and then I've just been kind of hanging out all summer. Um, I have a now three-year-old daughter that um, I get to hang out with, so we've been spending a lot of time hanging out in the pool. She just started soccer, so we're doing that fun thing, and then um, I start again uh, in a couple weeks, and then I'll just fall off the face of the map again. Nice. And then we'll. And then I'll see and then, you. Ne- yeah, I'll and then see you'll see January. me again. And maybe you know, maybe we'll have time to to get together to do another um, six month follow up. Six month follow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it becomes, though. Really, with your friends, Sucks, you, you like. I've known you for ten years or whatever it is, and then you you realize you haven't spoken to them in two three years. And I remember in high school, you know, all your friends, you're like, oh, hey, you're texting them, you're calling them all the time, hanging out. I remember when I was in high school, literally, I had a planner, I had, and I wrote out a list of all the people. I'm going to hang out with these people because I love them. You know, I love hanging out. I love how I feel when I hang out with these people. And the list was, you know, 15, 20 people. And it's like, how do you make time for them? I would literally, as a high school student even, I would schedule time to hang out with all these people. And then you become an adult with actual responsibilities and you have time for one and a half of them. And that's only because your child's schedule matches with their child's schedule for the moment. Yeah, I had some friends move out of state and I remember feeling like a sense of, a lot of sadness, but also a little bit relief of like, well, <laughs> this one less person to kind One of, less yeah. person to like manage, you know? On one, yeah, yeah, on one. Uh, on the other hand, you're like, oh, I love this person, but also, you know, time is is not easy to come by these days. But yeah, I mean, adulting's super weird, especially because I've I've known you for doing the math. We're going about ten, probably Three, close to ten years now. Is it ten? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I wasn't Some, twenty. Somewhere around there. No, I wasn't twenty-one. Because like I couldn't buy alcohol when I first met you. Really? You have to explain that one to me because I don't even remember that. I I. It's all it's all faint. The well, the lights, as Mark Maron would say, the lights of time have uh, <laughs> dimmed. No, something along those lines. Well, so for the history for the listener, and I mean the listener because there, there there probably is only one. But Literally one. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's me cool. in the future. But hello um, to you. Yeah. Welcome. What's up, future Rick? Um, <laughs> I met you through. Cody. Well, we're at the same church playing, but different campuses. Right, right, right. Um, I was playing um, keyboards and, you know, miscellaneous guitars or whatever. I was kind of filling in for um, anything that anyone asked me to do over at South Hills. Yeah, which I was there for years, and I'm actually I'm back there now playing, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's right, yeah, cool. very cool. Um, and I had been in a band with Cody for... You guys were big. You're you're underselling yourself here. I mean, you guys played. (laughs) We were in a small local. Was it Castle Park? We headlined Castle Park. Well, hey, uh, the big tent. (laughs) It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, you did have screaming fans. That's a big deal. I don't think I I can lay claim to that one at this point. Well, we'll we'll get to that because we're still early. Me and you have been in bands now. We've 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 had our claim to fame (laughs) and stuff. But, um, yeah, through Cody. He had this demo, and he's like, "This guy wants to be in a band. He's from South and I was like, "Whatever, dude. We just 
Like we had just I gotten out of a relationship. I music already. <laughs> like, I know how to serve the Lord. Yeah. I don't need this extra. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like, dude, you know, I just got out of this like abusive relationship with West Side Story. <laughs> and I don't know if I can I commit to I someone can, else I, so I, I quick. I just don't know if I can do it. But he played it and he, he played a song, uh, don't, don't Walk Away. Oh, yes. And I was like, I know this song. That's that's a cool song, and it was just you acoustic mm-hmm. singing. That was it. It was bedroom, well re- well produced. It was like a cassette tape. It was like well, I had my I had my high tech Tascam recorder. Uh, it was actually an eight track I got. Um, eight full right. tracks. <laughs> eight full tracks, but you could bounce and create an infinite number of tracks. I. Uh, no, after I graduated from high school, I had some excess income because I was living with my parents, and I had a decent job at the time while I was going to school, so I bought all this recording equipment, and that was back in the day of, like, kind of before the internet a little bit. Um, the internet was around, but, you know, there was a couple sites, and I think it was, like, Musician's Friend or something, and they had all these, like, starter packs, so mm-hmm. I bought, like, this starter pack, and I had cables and whatever, and the Tascam. Um, but it actually is pretty decent in terms of its output and, you know, there's a little, little, uh, static buzz on there, but it, it, uh, it's endearing. I would say that song actually funny story I wrote, um, I was with a girl at the time, uh, and I was driving out to Vegas a lot because my mom, my mom and my brother lived out there. So I was driving there once a month, once every other month or so. And, um, I I remember I had that song in my head, you know. I had started writing it, and um, on the drive out there, I I, I didn't want to hit traffic, so I would always leave at like eight or nine at night. And it's a nice three four hour drive, no traffic, no sun like beating down on you. Um, and for me, I just use it as a time to think, and I would think out those lyrics. And I remember I got there, and I had at that point worked out the entire like you know, two verses and, and the chorus and everything. And I sent it to the girlfriend I had at the time and she just, Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> was her response. I'm like, yeah, Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's good. That's yeah. what I hope to hope was the, the, um, the thing that you get out of it at least. Well, it was for, it's for sure. Like it's not the happiest tune <laughs> ever. <laughs> None of mine are. That's the thing. Yeah. I, I wish I could write the happy songs, but what, for whatever reason, the uh, the sad stuff just gets me going. Those, you know? mi- those minor chords, you, uh, you, oh, you like I'm them. so good at them. Although that, that song, there's a lot of majors in there. There's a lot of majors in there. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. It's the minor It's the minor um, mentality, I guess. Yeah. That's that I'm, I'm actually kind of, with. yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. So I heard that song, and I was like, you know what, let, let's jam. Because I was like super, I had left... The, the band West Side Story, which is, if you don't know, it was very, like, Screamo. I'll just say Screamo. We'll leave it at That's that. That's fine. But it That's was like, fine. We can do we that. We played Warp Tour and stuff, and that was the... Warp yeah. Tour is a big deal. It's it pretty rad. It was, it was rad. the Ernie... It doesn't it matter was, if you're the bottom rung on the chain. You're on the chain, you know? We opened up the Ernie Ball stage, so, you know... <laughs> Did you get did you get some strings out of it? No strings, oh, no. That's no. We had to pay for parking I, too. Uh, well <laughs> So it wasn't too impressive, but heard that song and I was like, let's let's we'll figure it out. Yeah. Let's let's jam with Josh. I like this song. It was kind of very like Copeland esque and you're a huge Copeland fan. I know that. Oh, from absolutely. Being your, yeah. You're a good friend. Uh, for a long I take time. that as a, a compliment. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we jammed, and the first band we did was called Elevator Union, and that came out in like 2000. That's my favorite. That's my favorite band name, seven. by the way. Uh, se- that sounds about right. Yeah, 2007-ish. Ta- talk to me a little bit, a little bit about that name, though. The Elevator Union. Elevator Union. I don't. I don't know where it came from. Did Cody? I want to say it Cody. Yeah. <laughs> that totally He's like, sounds. Dude, this is gonna be legit. And now you look up Elevator Union, and it's like an actual elevator union. That's a, yeah. Because there are unions for such. Um, I mean, like if yeah, if, occupations. If, and I, if, yeah. if anyone googled our name, I mean, they were out of luck because there was a ton that would come up before it before us. The Elevator Union of South Dakota. This yeah, this must be them. Yeah. No. So we did that for a few years, and. Um, no, our our claim to fame is uh, we played a huge, huge show. Uh, one show uh, at a warehouse with paper mache. I paper believe, mache. Right? We pl- I think we played two though. Did we do one or so- was it just one show we uh, played? Yeah, just one. Actually, we played a birthday party. I don't know oh, if you would count yeah. that as a show. I Unfortunately, would. I would. we were more focused on the music, which is still. I look back, it it was some good music. It was really good. Yeah, my uh, my brother, who uh, I referenced before, um, lived out in in Vegas, and I I shared that. Um, that CD with he actually came out for one day in the recording. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. to record some of the those vocals we had. We had gang some vocals, vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and to this day, he still he still brings it up, like to, to his friends or like he just he had a new girlfriend, uh, you know, a couple months ago, and he's like, oh yeah, I showed her this music, and she got all bummed because like you guys aren't a band anymore and all this stuff. I'm like, well, still writing music, you know, we're yeah. still we're still. Still trying to do something. Yeah, you know, as we're getting older, which makes makes it harder. Less but, and less time. Yeah, less yeah. and less time. But I I totally just remember the story. We went to Cody's house about I would say a month ago, and of course we had a lot of a lot of cocktails and reminiscing. And Kira said, "Do you have any Elevator Union songs on YouTube?" <laughs> and I was like, "We don't have that any whole songs." Se- the series, right? But we have yeah, we yeah. have the. Uh, the videos of us recording that EP, uh, all four nights, you know, just different different segments. So to catch uh, everyone else up, just go ahead and search it on YouTube. It's pretty awesome. But uh, you did a, you did a whole video series and you like edited. You threw some music in there. I took it very seriously. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. and and it was it was very well done. Unfortunately, at the time we didn't have any like actual marketing skills to like show people what we had done. We only had MySpace, man. That was yeah, like the that's only, it. That was like the first social media. Like, all yeah. right, this is our. <laughs> The extent of our marketing budget. Dude, these people in Japan are really digging us. So we, we watched all four videos. And Kira, who happened, you know, to her credit, a little, little buzzed, a little emotional. Yeah. We're watching, and, and Cody, me, Cody, and Kira were kind of like tearing up. Yeah. And Kira said, I didn't know this meant that much to you at the time. I was like, I, yeah, this really meant a lot to me. Being like 19 years old, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. It's, kick- it's everything to you at the time. And. You know, now looking back, and there's so many people that have that experience of when you're young, you just graduate from high school, and, and you're in this very pivotal point, and you have something that you cling to. And you not only you cling to, but we put so much effort and love into that project. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things that, like, it, it's hard now to look at it. In our society, you know, we, we weren't contributing anything. Like, <laughs> you know, we made music, and music now is a, is a dime a dozen. But to us, it was it was a passion project, and you put your time and your effort 
and your heart into this thing and um you're very i i am still very proud of what we made you know um looking back like as a kid you know we we were just fumbling around trying to figure out what we were doing but yeah it's still very meaningful i feel um because I, I still I put everything into that and I know you did and Cody and Danny were the same way and um, at that time I know so many people whether it's a band or a hobby or whatever they're into like even if you don't get um, a substantial like output like we didn't sell a bunch of records or we weren't really popular or anything like that but um, you can create something that you're really proud of or if you're into a sport and you accomplish something that you were really proud of or you were able to achieve something that you didn't think you could do um, it's a it's a big deal so I, I I'm stoked looking back I think I think we had a blast even though we like like we were talking about we had like two shows mm-hmm. but we had a lot of good times. We had tons of good times. Yeah, two shows, Call to Quits, and uh, that was we had a thousand CDs we had to somehow get rid of. Okay. No, no, I, no, 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 no get way. Rid of, I still have like five hundred of them. Oh yeah, sitting somewhere in a, I in have, a dark basement. I have two hundred in that closet above your head right there, and whenever we move, it's like, can we get rid of these? I'm like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like I just way. I can't My keep wife one. Is the same way. No, 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 no. Um, do you really need these? I mean, you haven't even touched them, and I go, no. We're not getting rid of these. You can't. It's hard. It's like, uh, it's your baby. Even though absolutely, it's on my absolutely. computer for free, like, I can't get rid of all those physical copies. I can't even just keep uh, one and I move on. I just can't it's, do it. Yeah. Just can't do it. So we did that for a few years, and I think up until I was 23, so maybe like five years ago, and then that was... That was it. You, uh, what did you do after that band broke up? I, we hung out a few times, but we kind of faded away a little bit, friendship-wise. Yeah, yeah. We, um, I, I went to school out in Santa Barbara. Was the main thing. I, um, I was working out in Riverside, uh, going to school out there, and then I transferred out to UC Santa Barbara. I did it actually. It was kind of fun. Um, with an old coworker of mine, we did like a cross-country road trip and we took like a month and a half and we went and we saw uh, we drove all across the united states seeing like main tourist sites and um we did this cool thing called couch surfing where we stayed with locals and um got to hear their experience they got to lead us around which is like super super awesome um and then i went out to school in santa barbara i got my bachelor's out there in english and um you know things just kind of dwindle when you're that far away um, you know, Santa Barbara to Orange County is a good, what, like 100, 150 miles or something like that. It's so, just like yeah. far enough to make it where it's like. Yeah, this just wasn't wasn't realistic. Yeah. And we had never really. Part of the things with bands is, you know, if you're not um, pursuing the marketing and the uh, like trying to get shows and networking and all that kind of stuff, then it's very easy to fall off because um, like for up and coming bands there's not much of a a market it's really easy to to lose traction that yeah. way yeah i think i came up there one time to visit just <laughs> just once no co- no 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 maybe even twice but it wasn't music related it was just friend related just it was par- just, just partying <laughs> freebirds is what it was yeah free, freebirds <laughs> is like maybe it, it wasn't it wasn't for you it was i went yeah, for I, okay. I drove two and a half hours for burrito which is but you got a place to stay that was true and we had a good time because i love i love myself some freebirds 
you know, you, you, you can talk all you want about the quesarito, but their nachos, in my opinion, are uh, part of none. I have yet to try the uh, the nacho which is nachos instead of a burrito. Oh, God. Which seems like it's one level above three, the case which is too words? much. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. See, you know what? It's probably amazing. Well, as a... Uh as a vegan, what do you what do you even get? A, I always get confused whenever. Let me clear the clear the air here. Um, I was vegetarian for several years. Uh, I I was vegan for three full years, which is a nice little run as vegans go. Um, currently back to regular, just your run of the mill vegetarian nowadays, which is actually it's super convenient. Uh, vegan's a little harder when you go out um, to find like vegan options. The main reason is because our daughter, uh, who's three now, um, we were vegan with her for a long time, but it's just a lot of work because we'd go out. You know, anytime we went anywhere, we had to have a meal for her because anything that wasn't for her was gonna be like bread, and it's like mm-hmm. we're not gonna feed our daughter bread because we need to give her like something of actual nutritional substance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, so it made our life easier. We moved back to my wife's house um, where we're living right now. And uh, so the vegetarian thing made life easier for when they have to babysit for, you know, a couple hours and all that stuff. So, yeah, regular vegetarian. Just good old regular vegetarian. I like cheese, it. Cheese is in. Cheese is in. We had a big old nacho plate together not too long ago. That's Very the last good. time we hung from out, from I think. That's the last time I saw you. From the root of a course? Or yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, when wow. you guys moved. Wow. Life sucks, dude. Getting old sucks. <laughs> it um, happens. It's okay. You know, it's I'm I'm, it's I'm slowly honestly I'm try, I'm trying to wrap my head around it because there's a a growing up process that happens when you realize, okay, this is how it once was, but that's not necessarily how it always will be, and there are reasons for that, you know? Um I couldn't afford a house before and hopefully like after I'm doing what I can do now, I will be able to afford a house and like to live a normal life in, in terms of that and be able to provide for myself and all that stuff. So um, you kind of miss out on some of the things you had before and it's just turn, like you just have to adapt a little bit, I guess. So I'm, yeah. I'm still getting used to that because I still I cherish all those old things. Like currently now we're talking on a on a, a weeknight where you have to get up early for work. I do. And, and here I am currently unemployed living the dream living the dream <laughs> living the dream stay at home dad mr mom and uh but you're going to, you're going to school i so am going to school like well i'm i'm in a break now but yeah I, all day. I have um six months left before i become a high school teacher and then i uh i will be um i'll be scouting the little high schools near you hide your kids hide, hide your wife, wife. Exactly. Because Josh Bandy has this degree. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love these tangents. But let, let's, let's figure out this timeline. Go, line, go quick. to your um, Please. So we finished that band a few years off, hung out occasionally, went to school in Santa Barbara, and then we didn't talk for a couple years, and I randomly moved from the Inland Empire, Riverside area, to... Kind of a smaller town in Orange County called Tustin, where we live now. Right. And I hit you up like, I heard you live in Orange County. Where exactly do you live? And then I gave you my address, and you're like, yeah. oh, two blocks away from you. Just like right around the corner. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so we moved back. Um, I graduated from UCSB, got my degree. We moved back, um, tried to find a place to live. I wanted to live out in Orange County. I grew up out around here. And um, so we got a house with my now brother-in-law and we lived out in Anaheim. And every time my wife and I, well, she wasn't my wife then, you know, my fiance, uh, we would come down to this area in Tustin and we loved it. It's like a great old town area. Um, it's not super popular, which is kind of cool in Orange County because so many places are and it's just overcrowded and overrun with madness and chaos. And so we liked it out here and we, we eventually found an apartment out here when we found out we were having our daughter. And um, so we moved down here and then found out you were right around the corner. It's like, oh, yeah, we need to we need to hook up and start making some music again because it'd been too long. I got I got the itch, and you were right around the corner. Yeah, so we spent like maybe six months. You'd come over five o'clock. We'd write music for a while, catch up, play some old whoa, tunes. Whoa, 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 whoa! What it really was is we'd come over, we'd have like several beers, and then get to reminiscing, and then start to play music, and then we'd realize maybe we should do the music part before all the alcohol consumption because once well, it, yeah it was after like a, a certain amount of alcohol there's the music there's is no there's great. no yeah. point to try but it was almost like a it's reward noise. system where it was let's let's write a song <laughs> that we can we can reward we could, ourselves we, with a couple can, beers yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go to the cool local like dive bar which the old swinging door the swinging old door. swinging door plug for them if anybody you have to go love it to death yeah we did that for a while and we wrote a f- you wrote a few songs that i just kind of yeah. layered guitar parts over yeah yeah, yeah. And um, well, we had a good model going uh, when we were in Elevator Union. Um, I wrote, I had had you know a good like ten songs or so that I had written, and then um, you would come with different like guitar ideas and which were Coldplay ripoffs. Let's just be <laughs> open. That one in particular was a riff. Well, at least one, at least one. You know, they were Coldplay similar, but you know, but you had the you had the the uh, Mumford and Sons little riff you created. That's right. Also, that's right. That's right. Um, I think that was too. actually before Mumford and Sons, so you may have. I influenced them. I think. Yeah, what of course. Yeah. I probably they were like diehard Elevator Union fans. Were like, this could be a thing, guys. So, um, yeah. So that worked for us. And then I had continued writing songs, you know, sporadically, and and uh, it just worked out. Yeah. So I would say I'm guessing the year here, but was it two years ago at this point that we recorded? 2013. So it's three years now. Oh my. No, wait, maybe it was 14. Maybe it was 14. Well, we 13 played, or 14. We, we played some shows as uh, the, the name was Little Climbers at that point. Yes, little, little which climbers. is our current baby. Our little baby. It is, even though we don't pay much attention to it. <laughs> well, you know, I give her attention every now and <laughs> you, then. You do, you do. <laughs> Periodically. Um, when, I'm going to put on you, what, what year did we record the Little Climbers EP? Which to me is one of my favorite things that I've recorded. So I, I I'm imagine. with you. I'm with you. Um, and we had a good team that recorded it too. We had yes, uh, more, yes, more plugs. Yes, yes, yes. We had Bob Matthews engineer it, who Bob's played for he's, everyone. He's under the, the raddest sun. dude. If yeah. you if you know if you know Bob Matthews, you are a, a fortunate soul because um, he's an amazing musician and he's awesome to be around and he's very good at what he does and he's been you know he. He has a, a good situation now. I don't know if he's... I'm, I think he still has it where he's just able to um, 
to record where, where he lives at. Yeah. And, um, then we had the amazing mastering and, and mixing scenario, mm-hmm. which you can talk about that because I was I was I didn't even have a hand in that, but I'm so happy with how it came out. Oh, I think the whole thing was cool. Bob went like above and beyond with us to uh, not get just record down. us and get us out. He got the tracks down. He recorded drums for it too, which is and I love his honestly. Drum. I, Whenever I see him, I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, I I feel like I owe you money, like <laughs> all the time. We owe we owe I him just, a lot. Yeah, why well, you could pay him every time you see him, and you still just like, well, that's not quite enough or, because yeah, you just or, you killed or, it. Or you really did. You sure. killed it. But we went with, with my good my good friend Jonathan Aaron's, who's been on a lot of albums, and he's a great producer, mixer, master out of L.A. And I feel like he. Bob recorded it super clean and it was awesome. And then Jonathan said, "Cool, let's." Uh, well, the question he texted me when I gave him the tracks is like, "Well, how much do you trust me on a scale of one to 10? And I was like, "Solid eh, ten, yeah, eleven, like 12, ten. Like you're rad, yeah." And he's like, "Can I make some changes?" And I was like, "Do whatever you want, man." I didn't, I didn't even Go like, for I it. didn't even like ask yeah. you, Josh, first. I was just like, "Do it, man. I I know this is gonna be so dope." And these tracks came back so different than how we recorded it, but yeah. it made it like an experience. Like, yeah, oh, so, man. so polished, so um, clean. Um, I had heard it, I had heard his the stuff he had produced previously. You showed me, and mm-hmm. I I had full confidence. I kn- I knew that he, I trusted him. It like um, uh, the Shins, and I'm blanking on his name now. The the main ro- songwriter for the Shins. Yeah. Um, he said, I write, I write these awesome songs, and I trust the people around me to make them sound awesome. And I, I've tried to adapt that feel, or like I write these songs, and I know they're decent, and I'm, and I'm hoping like those around me will help me make them, you know, like bring them to their max potential, kind of thing. And I, I feel like he, he totally nailed it. He for sure those. did. So I think right now on this podcast, we'll just to show how much change from. Uh, I would say like week, maybe week six when we wrote this song, Wisps of Wind. We'll play this demo now.
So that was that song. <laughs> We're doing some solid editing here, but um, I would say at the end of this podcast, we'll show them the polished version so you can see just how much has changed. So um, yeah, really cool experience. Jonathan is pretty, pretty on point and very affordable too. Yeah. <laughs> but also that was a little friend discount too. It's, you know, I feel like when you're... Um, I'm not going to call myself a great songwriter, but I, I will say I feel solid to, you know, above average. And um, I think when fellow musicians uh, hear the the um, sincerity and the uh, effort and quality put into the songwriting, they're, they're willing to kind of go that extra mile. I don't know. Maybe he just likes you and he's willing to do it. Either way, I'm cool with it. So... Um, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, we, we paid him to pre- like mix and master it, and then it, he came back, and I was like, "Oh, you're producing it too." Yeah, thanks, man. Like, yeah. that's more than you know you should have done for us. So that that was cool. Um, so now that we have the timeline in place, let's talk about you, uh, like singly as a musician. Like, what did you grow up on? Why did you want to be an artist or in a band? Or let's go back to like the man. You, the you, myth. You, you, yeah, you play piano too. You play guitar. Yeah. What did you learn first, and why? <laughs> no, I, I, um, I l- always loved music, and uh, when I was like, you know, four or five, I used to sing in the church. You know, I'd have my little solos, or like miracle, I'm a me, you know, like crazy things like that, and um, it was always a big deal. And then eventually, I uh, for. Christmas, Christmas was coming up. I told my parents, I need a, I need an instrument. You know, I need to, like, take this into my own hands. You know, how old are you? At this uh, point, I want to say like fifth or sixth grade. All right, and good time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a perfect time because you have so much free time, which is what I found out. But I, so I told them I wanted either a piano, guitar for Christmas. They got me guitar, and I was kind of like upset. I was hoping to get a piano, but. Um, I took it and I ran with it and I just sat in my room and I would literally play for like five, six hours a day. You have so much free time as a kid. It's crazy mm-hmm. to think about, which is now when people come up to me and they're like, Hey, I want to learn how to play guitar. It's like, all right, let's, uh, we're going to try, but you, there's nothing like when you're a kid and you have so much time to work with. And now as an adult, like time is like the most valuable resource. Mm-hmm. You can't afford to spare any of them almost. Um, yeah, so I'd sit and I'd practice for, you know, four or five hours every day and I'd go and I'd play my music and, um, I started playing with the church back then and that got me very familiar with chords, um, progressions, all that stuff. And then, um, it kind of progressed through my high school career and, um, I took like a music theory class. That's how I taught myself piano was just taking music theory and learning like, how the whole thing works yeah and that that kind of connects all these dots and you're able immediately to do all these other things that you weren't able to do before um and it opens up these doors and for me 
um, you know, growing up loving music and listening to music all the time, like that just kind of connected pretty well. So who were your uh, like big influences early on? So I was the stereotypical emo kid with the hair, you know, down to my eyes, past my eyes. Um, my brother, my younger brother always made fun of me because I did that little move, you know, where you flick your hair to the side of your face because it's in your eyes. And you, you For know. the listener, he's actually flicking his head right now. <laughs> but I don't have the hair anymore, so it's just it's just nonsense. But For the listener, his head is shaved. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. So um, I was the typical emo kid. Uh, Further Seems Forever was one of my favorite bands. Chris Caraba of Dashboard Confessional, that was his uh, first band. And that was one of my biggest influences. And then... You know, come Col- Col- Copeland and Coldplay For and sure, yeah. Death Cab and Pedro the Lion and all that, all that sort of stuff. The greats, the greats. The greats are classic. They're considered classics now. And we were just talking about this earlier, actually, is like we would go to these shows at like Chain Reaction, the old. It's a dump, right? I mean, we can safely say it's a, it's, it's it's an all ages dump. So it's, <laughs> it's all ages, but it's a dump. Yeah. Well, we needed that at the time because yeah. we were like sixteen and seventeen. We go to Chain Reaction and we go see like Saves a Day play with Take Me Back Sunday, and it was just your average ten dollar ticket, yeah. you know, night. And then these bands blow up, and you're like, oh wow. And then now I I don't get to go to any shows because all the bands I like now that. Yeah, well, w- one thing you mentioned earlier when we had our, our our first drink of the evening was, like, the experience of going to a show when you were younger, and you had to get there at 7 p.m. so you could see every opening band. Absolutely, yeah. And now, yeah. like, I don't know if I'm just older, or the bands really aren't as great, I'll just be honest. Like, what what no, do no, you no, think it, the it reality is? It is. It's, it's adulting. It's the adulting thing, because... When you're younger, this is uh, this is it. It's everything. This is your life. This is where you want to be. When you're older, you're like, well, music is a part of my life, but it's the only. You know, you're you're creating a very small subsection. I remember going to see one of my earliest shows was Dogwood, and this. Oh yeah. Uh, you, everyone knows Dogwood. I right? love Dogwood. Oh yeah. yeah, that was like the biggest thing back in the day, and. Um, we saw this band that opened up for them, and this guy had, I swear, like vampire nails that were like sharpened like daggers, you know, like two, three inches. And he was playing bass, and he dropped his pick midway through the song, but his nails were so sharp he couldn't pick it up. So he's just <laughs> panicking. He's like halfway through the song. He's looking up at the audience, totally panicked. And he's, I can't. I can't get it. I can't get it. I can't get it. And so, but yeah, but I was there and I was so excited to see what could potentially come of the evening, become of the evening. And, and, um, that's what we did. And I think it's still valuable now because that's still a big way that music comes out and that bands become big, but it's less noticed on us because we're like slightly past that age because now we're like, I don't want to see these crappy bands because it's really, it's hit or miss. You know, sometimes you see, you know, uh, Taking Back Sunday open up for Save the Day, but sometimes you see some random band that that died off into nothing because they were terrible yeah. um, open up for Save the Day. And now, as an adult, you're like, well, I, I just want to see Save the Day. I'm cool with that. But um, I think it's, it's still a legitimate thing. And I think that um, I don't know how all that works, but I think more bands would do well to continue 
to follow that model where um, if you can get a show and, and get on tour with, with an awesome band, uh, for example, Fun, um, their first tour, they didn't even have any recordings. Mm-hmm. But um, I forget the band that, that they went out with, but they were just good friends with them. I th- maybe it was Jack's mannequin, actually. I don't know. Um, anyway, the band Fun, they didn't have any recordings or anything. They went out on the road and gained all their popularity that way. That's, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it's, uh, I always wonder if it's just me being lazy or if it's just that my time to me seems so valuable that I just, I don't want to take the risk of like seeing a shit. I think band. it's that ladder. I think it's that ladder. And that's okay. That sucks. That's part of life. It does. <laughs> it is. But because in you, but it, and I'm kind of on one end, but my wife is on the absolute other. She's the if we ever go to a show, she's like, I just want to see the opener. And I'm I still kind of got that old old school guy in me where I'm like, well, maybe these other bands are worth listening to. They might not be, and there's like a fifty fifty chance or they might be trash, but they also yeah. might be the next big band, and you're seeing them as they develop, which is always kind of a cool thing. Um, Death Cab actually opened up for Pedro the Lion yeah. at one point, and. You know, if you went to go see Pedro the Lion, you're like, who's who's this little Ben Ben Gibbard guy playing these songs? And you got to see something that now you look back, that's that's amazing. If you were pretty able special, to see that. yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's a special thing. So, for anyone that's in a band now, a new band, like, how would you say is the best way? And maybe, you know, since we've been in bands, one of the best people to ask for this question, but. How do you get your music out there to the to the right people? Like right now, it's it's um, it's awesome and it's tough. It's awesome because you can record your music much easier than you were able to before, and at a very at a much better quality than you were were able to do to before. But unfortunately, because of that, um, music is kind of saturated, and everyone's got music out there, and it's kind of everywhere. Um, I would say you do need to have, if you're trying to make a run and and try to actually um, pursue music, you need to have a business mind. And and it doesn't necessarily mean business school. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, um, taking business classes or anything. But you have to be aware of the business aspect of music. And you have to know what's going on and um, try to see where you fit in and where you can capitalize on what's going on. There are ways to monetize music. It's not easy. Um, but if I were doing this again and I were you know, 18 and like, I'm going to give this a go, um, I think I would try to be very much more aware of the business aspect. And... I personally was much more on the on the music side, and I always have been. And I think that's you obviously can't have a successful band with terrible. Well, maybe you can. <laughs> I mean, there are of course there you are can. a lot of bands there. Yeah. But um, you do have to be aware of the business side and not necessarily make that the focal point, but um, you know, be be aware of those avenues and try to pursue them if you can. Yeah. A lot of my a lot of my favorite artists. Um, now, uh, people like Greg Laswell, um, Noah Gunderson, and they make a lot of their money touring, um, but the majority like that they make their living on um, is the uh, commercialized aspect of it is like getting your, you know, your song on a show or on a movie or something like that, and being able to get that kind of 
um, compensation is not going to be equal to like a tour as a a no name guy going yeah. around the country trying yeah, to sell sure, like a couple sure. t-shirts for merch you know yeah just to keep you going at least so well cool man I uh that was fun what are we at we're, we're way over I'm sure there is no over alright well we're I will say I you know I'm, I'm down to uh I can speak extemporaneously as long as you would like so whenever you would have me back I'm open do, do a part two Part three, part four, yeah. Nice, I like it. All right, man. Well, of course, we'll finish the show with uh, one of our tunes. So we'll uh, we'll go into that after this. But uh, thanks for coming out. And always, uh, always. I'll see you in January of uh, next year. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening, everyone. I will be back one day. I promise. All right, thanks, man.
we are a tiny wisp of wind we are a tiny wisp of wind thank you for listening to the everything rad podcast for more information visit www.rickygarvey.com